Hello. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so now I'm recording for the podcast as well. And I'm going to go online and just look up the most recent information about uh, Alan Dershowitz and his argument. So, of course, it's news that uh, Hunter Biden is being talked about as someone who should be called as a witness. That's part of fascism, to advance a false propaganda narrative. Hunter Biden benefited from his father's uh, achievements, from the goodwill associated with his father's achievements. But Hunter Biden was a qualified lawyer, uh, hired, I guess, to help rehabilitate the public image of Burisma. Hunter, uh, Joe Biden, as the vice president of the United States, had previously been part of a successful international effort to force the ousting of a corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, who was refusing, who had stalled an investigation into Burisma. So he was ousted, and that was prior to Hunter Biden joining the board of Burisma. And it's not nepotism, because Biden did not hire his son. His son was hired by an outside company. Uh, it is nepotism when Donald Trump hires his daughter and his son-in-law to positions that they are unqualified for. That is nepotism to the furthest extent that you can possibly go. Ivanka doesn't even have a law degree. She has experience in designing shoes and exploiting uh, poor condition labor forces in China to, to make poor quality shoes and jewelry. She does not have any foreign policy experience. She doesn't have any experience with international law or any type of law. She does not have a law degree. And yet she's employed as an advisor to the, to the president on the basis of nothing uh, of her relationship to the president. No, we, we're not, we don't have to make excuses for Biden uh, because it's not... Uh, fair to try and excuse Trump's crimes on the basis of non-crimes by Hunter Biden. So we do have to explain that Hunter Biden didn't commit a crime, nor is the word nepotism applicable because he was not hired by anybody who related to him. You can use the term trading off uh, fame or benefiting by association with his famous powerful father. You can say that, but it's different to nepotism. Nepotism cannot stand in for benefiting by association. Uh, I think you'll find that appearance of corruption is not as bad as corruption. Uh, and it's only appearance of corruption because of the attentions of the Republican Party, who in their search for false equivalents, pick up on anything. I mean, yes, Trump thought he had uh, bones to boil to make a stew in the same way Hillary's emails were a non-story that got artificially inflated and bolstered by media that sought to balance out uh, Trump's faults by picking on Hillary for faults that were essentially a hyped up mountain out of a molehill. The appearance of corruption would undermine democracy if your democracy was functional, if the Republican Party were genuinely uh, initiating investigations into corrupt activities. So I think you'll find all of the Benghazi activity is not damaging to democracy. It was uh, unfortunate, but you did not have to make excuses for Hillary. The fact that the Republican Party wanted to conduct so many expensive investigations into her conduct was just to create and perpetuate and sustain a false narrative that Hillary had acted corruptly. So no, we certainly don't have to give way to uh, their framing of arguments. We don't have to indulge them. We don't have to entertain it as if it's plausible. It is not plausible that Hunter Biden acted corruptly. Hunter Biden benefited from fame in a way that the children of non-famous, non-powerful parents cannot have, which is unfair to non-famous children, but it is not corrupt. Yes, but you don't have to say the appearance, Hunter Biden's conduct has the appearance of corruption when that has no basis in reality that only has basis in Republicans 
uh, assertion of what constitutes reality. So do you understand that there could be a difference between GOP's assertion of morality, of, uh, of corruption, of anything, is at this stage so heavily corrupted that it doesn't require it to be taken seriously. We don't, in good faith, have to say we're excusing Hunter Biden when we defend him because we're not excusing corrupt conduct or the appearance of corrupt conduct. We're explaining how there is not even a good faith appearance of corruption. There is not a good faith appearance of corruption. So I think I've finished engaging with you on that topic, Hisenburn, but feel free to continue to comment about it at your leisure. Uh, I think Americans uh, in polls are saying that they would like there to be less partisan uh, aggression. They would like there to be less division in the US. But at the same time, it can't be the left that perpetually accommodates uh, aggression on the side of the right. They've dragged the Overton window in the US so far over to the right that it does make uh, primary elections difficult because you have to consider that with your candidates. Uh, it reduces the chance of success of somebody like Elizabeth Warren because she's dragged, Bernie supporters drag her over to endorse Bernie-type policies uh, because they're quite noisy. They drag her away from the centre and yet uh, and yet people forget that so many Americans have absorbed uh, philosophy, have absorbed as truth or as common sense uh, political and philosophical positions that are quite far over to the right. So there's the US public is to, to a degree a sponge for positions that have been pushed, narratives that have been advanced over and over again in the media. And the people who have put a significant amount of time and energy into persuading the public of the merit of these philosophical positions are right-wing people, right-wing economists, right-wing behind-the-scenes political influencers who have been working hard to convince the public that governments are bad, taxes are bad. Now, my goal for overcoming that propaganda is to make the assertion that um, efficiency, taxation efficiency, is a worthwhile goal. You don't just want to continue to throw public money at your value system when your value system might not be best served by just throwing money without sufficient examination. Anytime people get so convinced of the rightness of a set of values that they fail to exercise due diligence in looking at the execution of those, of, of those value-oriented policies and, and positions, then you are more likely to get corruption or inefficiency. So Democrats and Democratic voters may be fairly accused sometimes of supporting inefficiency because we support uh, programs that support our values. This is why research is needed and a two-party political system is needed so that proper questioning and proper uh, due diligence is done on government policies. But the Republican Party has not been acting in good faith. They have not been acting to ensure the efficiency of tax expenditure. They have been corruptly advocating for corporate subsidising programs and subsidising fossil fuel industries, which are against the public interest and therefore aren't efficient. They've also been ignoring evidence that coal industry is winding down because of global pressure on uh, governments to reduce their coal consumption because people are interested in having a future, a viable future for their children. It's true, the opposite of right-wing is not moderation. Nevertheless, uh, working with Americans as they understand the world and building on that understanding to try and drag it more towards the left uh, is a better position statement than saying we're going to nominate Bernie Sanders just as the Labour Party ran with Jeremy Corbyn 
in the United Kingdom and lose elections and forfeit our ability to do anything and affect change in any way and to resist uh, the escalating race to the right, which escalates because people lose rationality and become scarily enthusiastic about right-wing policies. I will bring up for you guys a study that's been conducted. First of all, a correlation effect was found. Uh, areas of America that had higher rates of disease also had higher rates of explicit racism agreed to by participants in the study. But they were like, what is, the researchers wanted to know what the direction of this relationship was. Did the high disease rates lead to the extra racism? No. People who, who already had a predisposition to racism or people who had a pre-existing significant concern about germs uh, became more likely to exp express racism or racist sentiments uh, after researchers showed them pictures of people affected with, infected with diseases. It is true, coal and oil uh, will continue to be burned for years, but countries, countries that make it uh, a firm goal are actually transitioning away from, from fossil fuels faster than people might think because renewable energies, renewable energies have, the technology has really significantly improved. Battery storage capacity and uh, just photovoltaic cell technology has improved so much. Hisenburn, you might get muted because um, you're talking out of your butt now about uh, the midterm elections. The midterm elections in 2018, multiple progressive candidates lost. So the proportion of Justice Dem candidates that lost was very high. Uh, was it 100%? It was very high. So I will block you if you disrupt my thought processes or my arguments too much. If you by misquoting what happened, by misrepresenting what happened in 2018. So go and look up statistics about how many races were won by progressive candidates and then come back and talk to me again when you're a little bit better informed. Okay. Percentage of justice stem candidates who won their race. Nearly all of the National Progressive Group star candidates fell short in their contests in red or purple districts and states, potentially slowing the momentum the emboldened left had enjoyed since Hillary Clinton's loss two years ago. Yes, because negative partisanship usually drives election victories for people who feel that they were unfairly deprived of an election victory, i.e. the left. Ben Jealous's campaign in a very democratic state says both that Sticking a simple progressive branding on a candidate's campaign may sustain a small cult, but that isn't enough to win elections. Andrew Gillum lost the, the Florida governor race. Um, Ryan D. Ironstash Bryce, who ran for the Wisconsin seat, Wisconsin, being vacated by retiring House Speaker Paul Ryan, and both progressive insurgents who won upset victories in primaries earlier in 2018, Kara Eastman in Nebraska and Dana Bolter in New York. So let's bring that up. So yes, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won in a safe blue seat and Ayanna Presley in Massachusetts in a safe blue seat. So yes, they fought against longtime Democratic incumbents. Uh, it does not support your case at all. That progressivism drives excitement. I will put that up on the screen for you to deter other people who may uh, not comprehend that progressive, highly progressive candidates are not doing well. And I consider myself to be a progressive um, person.
person in general, but um, okay, let's go and share a screen with this news article because um, it's important for people to understand that when progressives argue that you need Bernie Sanders as a political candidate, it's bad. So, no, Hillary Clinton won <laughs> the vote by three, three million votes. So, yes, I think that's got rid of... Um, oh, I should have guessed Hisenburn. It's like Heidenberg, but it's got the word burn in it. Yep. We don't expect all Bernie Sanders supporters to be rational because while some must just be decent people frustrated with America's lurch to the right, uh, others will be lost to cult thinking or higher up on a continuum of cult thinking whereby they can't process or acknowledge evidence. So let's see. It's interesting that Joe Manchin has said that uh, Hunter Biden would be a relevant witness. Even if Hunter Biden was guilty, uh, would not absolve Donald Trump of extortion, violating campaign finance law and violating the Impound Control Act, violating the separation between powers, between branches of government, which is a very under-emphasized point. I'd love it if people talked about it more. When Trump illegally withheld up aid to Ukraine. It doesn't matter that he eventually caved once the whistleblower's report, uh, he was aware of the existence of the whistleblower's report. Trump had no business holding up the aid without following the legal procedures necessary if he had any objections to raise with Congress's bipartisan ruling to give $391 million of aid to Ukraine. Oh, too many. Yes, no, the, the president doesn't write foreign aid, actually. It's good that you said that because it helps us practice articulating the truth. And the truth is that according to the separation of uh, co-equal branches of government, Congress has the power of the purse. So, no, it's Congress. It was a bipartisan Congress measure or bipartisan piece of legislation introduced by Congress to give the money to Ukraine for military aid that was under attack. Thousands of people had already died in the conflict that Russia initiated in its attempt to take over the entirety of Ukraine. Having already annexed part of Ukraine called Crimea, which was particularly valuable to Russia in terms of increasing its, its access to the Black Sea for purposes of um, drilling for, for gas, etc. Yes, so know that the president does not determine how taxpayer money is distributed. He can... Yes, uh, President Bar Barack Obama was president when Russia invaded Crimea, part of Ukraine. And you could make the case, you could argue that Obama insufficiently uh, helped Ukraine, an American ally. But again, that would not absolve President Trump of his crimes and his betrayal of his oath of office and his betrayal of the interests of the American people. So thanks for raising those points. It's good. It's good to practice the conversations that we need to have with uh, fence-sitting independence. It's not really worth an investment of our time and energy to uh, try and deprogram cult Trump worshippers, uh, and it's certainly not worth our time to engage with people online who claim to be Trump supporters because they could just as easily be uh, paid Russian stooges. We don't know. All right, so um, we'll take that article down if people have got the point now that, uh, yes, that in deep blue seats, it's perfectly possible to, to run very progressive candidates.
Yes. Um. <laughs> it sort of undermines the point I was making a little bit if you scroll down, but at the same time, uh, Claire McCaskill, they were... What does it mean by friendly estates? They're, they're, they're red states, fairly red states, aren't they? Um, Donnelly and McCaskill. But anyway, Democratic Senate challenger Phil Bresden, who said he would have voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. Wow. Anyway, the, the message really was, as many people said, you had to run candidates to suit the area. You can't provide a formula that is, you must always run this type of candidates. Uh, but for the American election, as people must know now, the Electoral College plays a significant role. So you have to find a good fit for battleground states. You have to find a good fit for Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Uh, so we need to be following polls that tell us who is the best candidate for those areas and also who excites the Democratic base. And as much as that Bernie person was trying to um, argue that you needed a progressive candidate to excite the base, uh, in battleground states you don't necessarily need a progressive candidate to excite the states. Let's see if we can... Um, Please. That person claims they're a Democrat, but they, they won't vote for any of the candidates that they're running. I think we're probably done uh, entertaining that troll person. So you can mute them if you can, Jeff. Oh, you can't because this is a new account for you. So you don't have administration privileges. I will try to restore those to you. I guess that means we don't have anybody who's, a, who's admin enabled. Oh, well, we'll just work with what we've got. Yes, I'll fix it. I'll fix that, Jeff. I've struggled to add people to admin lately. Uh, all right. What shall we do next? We can't block the troll, but we can continue to talk about real things. So we'll laugh a little bit at Alan Dershowitz, although laugh in a slightly terrified way. The Dershowitz was arguing today that the president could do absolutely anything uh, as long as it was in favour of his own re-election because that, according to Alan Dershowitz, is in the national interest. So a president cheating to ensure his re-election is hunky-dory, according to Alan Dershowitz. And I hope people are breaking that down and expressing it in simple language so that we can have these conversations and bring on board more independence. Uh, I mean, the more they talk nonsense about Hunter Biden, the more people might start to get suspicious. But at the same time, I hope I can trust Joe Biden. He winked at the camera uh, in confidence when asked what it might do to the Iowa delegates that he's been talked about so much in connection with the term corruption. But to Democrats who are paying attention, it might help embolden Joe Biden's chances that Trump does seem so afraid of Biden that he was prepared to break so many laws in order to reduce Biden's chances of being his primary opponent. Yes. All right, so what else have we got? Let's have a look at what's happening in the Twitterverse because it is so great that Twitter gives us access to various legal minds. I enjoy following Lawrence Tribe and Neil Katyal, although I don't know how to pronounce these names because I just read rather than listen to television. Uh, people often respond to arguments about Hunter Biden by pointing out that yes, the president's daughter and son-in-law have no qualifications and are being paid a lot of money which is not Ukrainian money, it's American taxpayer money. So that's, but are they highlighting that that's a true definition of nepotistic corruption? Uh, also nepotistic corruption that uh, their security clearances were forced through against the advice of long-term uh, long officials who work in the area of uh, checking people's pass. So basically undermining the whole process of granting people security passes and security clearance. 
So The View was highlighting that Dershowitz lied and said, some, said one thing during Clinton's impeachment and another thing. And Dershowitz's response was, I'm allowed to change my mind. Yes, I think a quote taken from Dershowitz from a few days ago was, I wasn't wrong, I'm just more correct now than I was then. So Saturday Night Live also had an had a, a opening sketch in which Dershowitz uh, went to hell for manipulating the truth to such a, such a devilish extent. Yes, and nepotism is a form of corruption, whereas Hunter Biden being paid by a Ukrainian company, uh, that's still benefiting from an association with your parent, but not nepotistically benefiting, because nepotism involves your parent being involved in the hiring process. That's a family member giving something to their, to their family members. Whereas famous people benefiting from, or famous children benefiting from their famous parents is not a nepotistic uh, transfer of power and prestige. It's just association. So there's no corrupt activity on the part of Joe Biden. He did not nepotistically appoint Joe Biden, uh, Hunter Biden to any government position or any position. He did not pull strings to get Hunter Biden employed. Hunter Biden benefited from the name that Joe Biden had made for himself through his helping Ukraine to move past uh, the mire of being stuck with a corrupt prosecutor general. Yes, so Joe Biden wanting the corrupt prosecutor Victor Shokin fired was part of a global effort to oust the corrupt prosecutor. So thanks for raising that point because more people should know that this was supported by the International Monetary Fund. It was supported by various leaders in the EU, such as Angela Merkel. And it was supported by Republican senators, such as Senator uh, Rob Portman. And it was supported by President Obama because it was carried out openly and above board, a campaign to pressure Ukraine to oust the corrupt prosecutor general who was stalling investigations on corrupt companies or who was prosecuting people who for political purposes and everyone agreed that he should go so it was above board it wasn't done covertly to help biden with a re-election campaign it was done above board and biden was proud to announce his role in that successful uh, use of american financial aid or offering to guarantee a loan for Ukraine, which was supposed to help Ukraine develop because Ukraine wasn't attracting enough international investment because of their long-term association with uh, corruption in the government and having corrupt prosecutors. So thanks for helping me articulate that. Biden was proud of his, his techniques he used to bring the issue to a head for the Ukrainian government at that time. Oh, I could share that article. There's a very good article, even though it's still a little bit overly plays to both sidesism. Uh, New York Times uh, myths about Hunter Biden. Uh, there you go, debunking four viral uh, rumours about the Bidens in Ukraine. Uh-oh. Alright. Here we go. Oh, it doesn't, oh. <laughs> no. Here we go. As lawmakers examine whether President Trump pushed Ukraine, <laughs> illegally extorted Ukraine, stop it. Ah, dang it. All right. <sighs> oh, fine. 
I'll have to, um, Oh, good. Phew. I thought I accidentally shared my email address on screen then because I was going through uh, New York Times and it kept bringing up uh, links. Actually, no, maybe I did. Oh, wow. Somebody else subscribed to my YouTube channel. Thanks. Uh, yes, Dershowitz seriously argues that doing things to help your election, even morally wrong things, are A-OK, -okay, which is a bit unfortunate. So that's all right. I'll tell you what. I will... Yes, it is a whiteboard. Uh, that's one New York Times article. And let's get up the other one. Which I can't show, but I can at least share the link to it. I will not get a subscription to the New York Times because they do good uh, reporting in some instances, but they also help uh, support fascism. They help support Trump brand fascism by overly, overly pushing a both sidesism approach and doing little fluff pieces on Nazis like Nazis. They're just like you and me. We interview one at home. So yes, we should um, make it more broadly known that benefiting from association with a parent who's famous for doing good is different to receiving taxpayer money because you've been directly nepotistically appointed to your position by your powerful relative. That's, that's nepotism and yes. All right, so Having got rid of the burner, we got rid of the burner person, but we still have other trolls. That's all right. We have other trolls sometimes. Let's see, maybe we'll add up, some, we'll put some, uh, Twitter stuff up here. It's always fun to see what's happening moment by moment. Yes, it would be great if more people conceded that listening to scientists was key. It is so frustrating for people who have any type of science education to see the way in which coal-captured politicians deceive the public, to see the ways in which coal-captured media deceive the public. Uh, the public is growing in its understanding of the way in which fossil fuels such as coal, gas, oil jeopardise our lives. And Australia is a little bit of the canary in the coal mine for white people, because white people, of which I count myself amongst their number, have shown a distressing ability to ignore increasing incidents of uh, flooding and natural disasters in equatorial nations where uh, the predominant population has brown skin. We've been able to ignore that. But Australia is still a largely populated by white people to a degree, white people who've migrated to Australia within the last 200 years, and we have and continue to suffer from ongoing out-of-control fires that are unprecedented in their severity and unprecedented in terms of uh, the damage they've caused. Over a billion animals incinerated in the fires, um, over over a thousand homes destroyed and over 33 people have died. So it's kind of an apocalyptic glimpse into the future for the rest of the world. That reminds me, uh, something we also need to keep an eye on is the fact that the acidification of the oceans is weakening uh, the shells of crabs. So the ocean is getting more and more acidic because so much carbon dioxide has been 
absorb it into the oceans. Crab shells weakening CNN. Okay, so here we go. Bring up that article. At least CNN won't. Um, won't ask me to share anything. Here we go. All right, can we see that? Um, the Pacific Ocean is now so acidic that it's dissolving crabs' shells. Some of the most vulnerable crustaceans are suffering partially dissolved shells and damage to their sensory organs. Uh, so it's vital to commercial fisheries in the Pacific Northwest, but lower pH levels in its habitat are dissolving parts of its shell and damaging sensory organs, which could damage coastal economies and forebodes the obstacles in a changing sea. So the results, this was already expected, but it's happening faster than scientists expected. The acidity wasn't predicted to damage the crabs this quickly. If the crabs are affected already, we really need to make sure we pay much more attention to various components of the food chain before it's too late, said the study lead author who's a senior scientist with the Southern California Coastal Water Research Project. So that was published in a journal for the science of the total environment and funded by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Oh, I remember when Trump was fighting with them because he sharpied a map to claim that Alabama was in the trajectory of a, was it a tornado or a hurricane? A hurricane. All right, too many ads, well. Okay, so the ocean is acidifying because it's absorbing more carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, which lowers pH levels in the water. Ocean acidification changes the coasts, releasing excess nutrients that can create algal blooms and increasing sea temperatures and salinity. But for crustaceans and coral that rely on carbonate ions, which are less abundant in more acidic waters, to build their shells and coral skeletons, it becomes more difficult to build strong shells. So it's not just crabs, you have oysters, clams and plankton all relying on the same carbonate ions to strengthen themselves. And humans and sea creatures alike rely on them, some for food, others for economic security. So that's very important. We're looking at the food web and the fact that all our existences are going to be jeopardized if the food web collapses. So biodiversity is shrinking under the collective impacts of human, human activities human-generated pollution, human-generated greenhouse effect, which warms the climate, puts more carbon in the atmosphere, which leads to more carbon absorption by the water, which lowers the pH of the water, makes it more acid, reduces the amount of carbonate ions in the water, which means crabs can't build their shells properly. Crabs have sensory organs weakened, crabs will be more readily eaten by predators, and fisheries, commercial fisheries that depend on fishing crabs for crabs and oysters and other crustaceans will go out of business. And people that depend on eating those products will suffer from a restricted diet. And then think about all of the other compounded effects. Um, if agricultural systems are uh, affected more rapidly than previously thought, so scientists have been saying, yes, there's going to be problems. Those problems are smacking us in the face much faster than people have thought. And we need to be paying attention to that. Oh, thank you for the compliment, Redemption. You are. Uh, <laughs> compliments help. Because uh, I'm taking my non-expertise in this area, but my acquaintance with the science and the fact that it's concerned. I'm taking my decency as a citizen to the airwaves to say, hey, we all need to step up here and not be passive and just wait for the experts to tell us what to do. Uh, because under fascism, a lot of experts could be attracted to do what the people in power want. So under fascism, experts could either start to lie, like Dr. Ronnie Jackson, who said that Trump weighed was in the healthy weight range 
and was so strong that he might live to 200 if he just improved his diet a little. Uh, experts will lie to get power and privilege under fascism. And I don't mean all experts, but I mean enough that you can't just say we have to wait for the experts to solve this. We also have to accept the fact that a lot of experts have gone entirely unregarded by politicians who have been actively incentivized by the type of billionaires who own coal mining facilities, who have invested in oil, gas and coal. And they're being, they're incentivizing various corrupt politicians to lie to us and to hamper our ability to take action, to adopt new technologies, to, to cease subsidizing death-introducing technologies and instead put those subsidizing payments towards renewable energies that will allow us to exist in a continuing fashion. Is there a guy on here claiming that carbon dioxide... Carbon dioxide might have been at higher levels billions of years ago uh, when humans didn't exist. So humans need quite a narrow range of conditions in order for uh, a sustainable existence, a viable existence. We need to have food to eat. We need to have... Uh, to be able to walk around outside without being um, so hot that it induces a heart attack. Uh, we need to maintain homeostasis. For people who don't know what that means, homeostasis is the temperature range in which human bodies function. So we can devote bodily resources to maintaining that temperature range. When migrant children and their family members are kept in ice boxes, uh, ostensibly to reduce the spread of disease, but but in actuality, it's just a racist uh, and unscientific policy which hurts migrants uh, by putting them out of their homeostatic comfort zone, forcing them to devote more body resources to try to generate warmth uh, and thus depressing the available bodily resources available to fight germs, to fight bacterial takeover, to, to have a functional immune system. It depletes their ability to fight disease and increases the ability of germs to get a foothold in a human body that's just fighting as hard as it can to stay warm and to stay functional. Uh, I was just looking at the case of Maria, sorry, Marie Juarez today who died uh, at age one and a half from racist and inadequate medically negligent treatment of her when she developed a respiratory condition and nurses just suggested her mother give her Panadol. So she was eventually transferred out of the Southern Texas Family Center, i.e. detention facility. Um, at least she was still with her mother for a while, but killing a toddler through medical negligence is unconscionable. And it's the type of outcome that is unexpected when you're, sorry, sorry, completely to be expected when your country lurches towards fascism and through various cheating mechanisms has a um, a racist, xenophobic person who trades on xenophobia in the population for electoral advantage. That's what Trump did and what Hitler did. Uh, used community sentiment against Jews and in Trump's case used community sentiment against people of Mexican background to increase his acceptance in the, in the public, to increase the enthusiasm of his base who would say, yes, he's telling a truth that nobody else is prepared to say, we should put all the Mexicans in camps. But the reason why nobody else is prepared to say that is not because it's a, it's a truth that's under-acknowledged. It's because it's fascism and it leads to the growth of inhumane attitudes. It leads to the creation of a section of the public that are emotionally attached to a cult leader who, who is the only person who will dare to do the inhumane things that they crave. And that inhumanity will escalate because the more inhumane actions you rationalize as being perfectly okay and, and indeed necessary, the more irrational and the more inhumane those actions and those policies will get. And we've seen that under Trump. Uh, it escalated to the separation, the purposeful separation of children from their parents, which all pediatric organizations will tell you is 
debilitating to the emotional development and to the intellectual development of children. Their ability to form trusting relationships in the future is jeopardized. Their ability to um, intellectually develop is jeopardized because their, the emotional harm caused by rupturing familial ties is so great. Yes, so if you know Trump supporters, you will have seen them go become increasingly inhumane in the sentiments that they endorse. So it hasn't just revealed their inner inhumanity, it has exacerbated their inner tendencies towards racism and outgroup, uh, rejection of outgroups. And these racist tendencies are also compounded under disease conditions as well. Let's see if I can find that article for you guys. Wow. Um, I did not find the article I was looking for, but I do have something of um, value to share with you. And that is uh, another article I just came across, so I'm not going to vouch for its, um, its truth or anything or its validity at this point, but it's from a website called sciencedaily.com. So let's... Uh, okay, so the source is from Berkeley. That's, that's a good university. Um, so white racism is tied to rates of fatal heart disease for both black people and white people. So living in unabashedly racist communities can shorten the lives of people from both racial backgrounds. They compared the racial biases of nearly 1.4 million people nationwide to death rates in more than 1,700 uh, US counties. Their findings that su suggest that black people and to a lesser degree white people who reside in overtly racist communities are more prone to dying from heart disease and other circulatory diseases. Very interesting. So racially, living in a racially hostile environment is detrimental to the group targeted and the group ha that harbors the bias. There's also a racial gap in perceived access to affordable health care. Yes, white people reported relatively high access to affordable health care, regardless of how biased your community is. So being racially biased against black people doesn't help you get better access. If you're white, you're just fairly guaranteed um, good access to or high levels of access to healthcare. <sighs> that is sad. But it is it is very interesting to to note that racism is also likely to shorten the lifespans of of the people who harbour racism. So racism hurts your heart. I'm just checking this person to make sure that they are... Oh, good. Quoof, I couldn't quite tell what was in your profile picture, but now I, I'm all good with it. All right, so... Um, so, yes. Is that an interesting... Are you enjoying that I've shared that article? Because I'm fascinated by it. As for the link between whites' explicit, explicit racial bias and death rates, uh, a recent study from the university of Pennsylvania suggested that whites in highly biased communities are less likely to trust and bond with others in their community and this lack of social connectedness may have negative health implications. Wow, that's 
can I copy? How much of that can I copy and put in a comment? Because I want to save that. So being racist makes you less trusting, less able to form joyful relationships with others and therefore more likely to... Uh... Oh, okay, so it didn't get the whole quote. We do know that the death rate of African-American women in the US is three to four times as high as it is for white women. Uh, and it seems to hold true even across uh, even across uh, economic groups. So even um, Serena Williams, who was prone to uh, blood clotting or pulmonary embolisms, something, when she, her concerns were still not taken seriously and she still had a near-death experience with hemorrhaging. And that may mirror the health experiences of women, of people of colour, women of colour, uh, because they're disbelieved, or more likely to be disbelieved or not taken seriously in a healthcare setting, thus reducing the likelihood that they can survive the processes, the challenging processes of labour and pregnancy. Oh, somebody says I'm losing my hair. <laughs> not, not really. Uh, okay, so let's look at this quote. Circulatory disorders, which include heart attacks, angina and coronary heart disease, are the leading cause of death in the United States. So researchers can't make a causal link between racism and such deaths, but they've speculated that the environmental stress of racial hostility combined with discrimination in healthcare may create or exacerbate circulatory problems for black people. <sighs> All right. So I want I might have to look up that university study from Pennsylvania now, the University of Pennsylvania suggesting that whites in highly biased communities are less likely to trust and bond with others. But interesting, so anything that erodes um, social connectedness is likely to have a negative impact on people's heart health. Isn't that interesting? Because people have often said, oh yes, the heart is a metaphor. The heart itself is not connected to emotions. Or at least it's, it's still a stand-in. Whereas we know our heart rate goes up when we experience strong emotions and now it turns out we're quite likely to experience heart health problems when our bonding ability with others around us is impaired. Okay, so I'll just um, put a link to, to that. Oh look, we have a new troll. <laughs> Welcome troll, we're just learning about how racism can impact the heart health of people who have, uh, who exhibit racist behaviours and have racist attitudes towards others because it's speculated by researchers that there's a causal relationship between being racist and being, experiencing an inability to form trusting and bonding relationships with others, uh, thus, thus inhibiting your ability to enjoy social connectedness and leading to an enhanced likelihood that you'll suffer from angina, heart attacks or coronary heart disease. So it's in your own best interest to try to watch less racist videos on YouTube, to watch less of Fox News. You're literally impacting your own health, or well, from a speculative point of view, but from a speculative point of view that uh, is well supported by the fact that there are higher death rates amongst white people in communities where uh, there was predominantly votes for Trump. Yes, Hunter benefited from, from being associated with a high-achieving successful parent who was celebrated for his help for Ukraine. Uh, but Joe Biden did not himself appoint Hunter Biden to any position because that is actual nepotistic corruption as exhibited by the current acting president of the United States. 
So yes, not only are Trump supporters likely to be more racist than non-Trump voters, uh, but that racism is likely to be contributing to your chance of dying at, a, at an early age. All right, let's Google death rates in Trump counties, deaths of despair. Okay, I'm removing that and adding a new one, which is where despair deaths were higher, voters chose Trump. Uh, so racist people who were already experiencing a higher rate of death from uh, deaths of despair include suicides and deaths from things like eating yourself to death via obesity uh, and overdosing on drugs. So, yes, racist people voted for Trump and they were also likely to, to die more at an earlier age. To die, what is it called when you die younger? Well, let's see if the article gives us any language to talk about that. All right, so counties. Ooh. Counties where more people died, so-called deaths of despair, from alcohol, drug abuse or suicide, voted more heavily for Donald Trump in the presidential election. A county-by-county -county analysis of death rates, causes of death and voting patterns shows that the death rate was nearly 8% higher between 2000 and 2015 in counties where Trump won the majority. And that would, uh, that would comport with what we were learning about higher rates of social disconnectedness when there are higher rates of racism. So if you're racist and have an impaired ability to trust others, you mostly distrust black people, but perhaps you are also unable to bond even with your white neighbor. Racism doesn't enhance American communities, just as Nazism didn't advance uh, Nazi Germany. It sounded like it was advancing Nazi Germany for a while. I'm sure that all of the people who deliriously marched under the Nazi banners uh, and cheered Hitler's cry of Germany first, all believed that they were supporting a political leader who would enhance the prospects of Germany, enhance prosperity rates, and enhance outcomes for their country. Now in America, I think more people are starting to apologize for their support of Trump, or at least defend it by pointing to their own selfish reasons, saying, well, look at my stocks, look at my 401ks, uh, that's why I support Trump but they should know that they're harming their country, they're harming the geopolitical standing of America, they're harming the ability of the United States to maintain relationships, useful relationships with allied nations. They're undermining NATO and the alliances that emerged after World War II when people had a strong historical proximity towards all of the harm done by out of control racism and scorn for minority groups. People were closer then in a timeline to what Nazism, towards what authoritarianism does to a nation. It might comfort many who were attracted to the idea of an all-powerful father figure, a strong, manly man who's not beset by any womanly considerations about nurturing communities or respecting other countries. Um, yes, they, they're attracted to a leader who will ride roughshod over the claims of other countries, uh, their rights to exist in peace, etc. They're like, no, Trump will steal oil from other nations. He will disobey laws in order to advance America. If America's being too cautious or has too many laws that hamper it from being just able to smash its enemies, Trump voting for Trump will allow us to take off the gloves and smash the enemies we need to smash. And that's what Germans believed about Hitler. Unfortunately, not only did that cause the death of millions of people in Europe and around the world, it also was a big punch in the face for Germans. Uh, Dresden, other German cities that were destroyed by bombs because the destructive capacity of um, voting in a, a hyper macho charlatan conman alpha male did not advance Germany's prospects.
Yes. Some, the, the troll is being rude about California, which has the fifth largest economy in the entire world, because of course it's right-wing propaganda to continue to claim that California is